Hello and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast where we cover magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nick. And we're your co-hosts coming at you with another like nighttime recording. Ooh, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to be talking about Thuya and Iris. And I'm like, I feel like Iris needs a bit of a like come up and I think it's going to happen. So I will save that. Yeah, but just to be clear, we're talking about the goddess Iris, not the flower. Yeah, not the flower. That's a good point. Um, because people I'm could be confused. Dumb. They could be like, Shannon, why are you doing two plants this week? I am only in this for one plant a week. One so. plant per week. They're like, I can only <clears throat> hear Shannon talk about nerdy plant shit for so long before I need a break. Um. But no, this is going to be so fun. Um, I did a little bit of a tie-in in my segment too. Um, so we're you know, we're loving all the crossover this episode. Uh, I'm talking about communication magic. So I'm trapped in this world of uh, having to communicate about communication and pff, my head hurts. So, <laughs> I mean, we're real mercurial here at Wands and Fronds. So I think this episode is going to be fun. Um, but Nick... Before we hop into this, when did you feel magical this week? Okay, so <clears throat> of course it has to do with my fairy spring. What? Um, I know, I know, I know. So I walked to the store the other day and it was like just, just, just twilight, right? And um, it's literally less than a block detour from the road to the store to my little spot, right? So I went over there, I smoked a little cigarette and wouldn't you know so we've had this really really wonderful late season goldenrod bloom this year Ooh, yeah um and so i've been loving the color of that but also all of the ash trees have decided to start doing their fall thing and so it's kind of like the same color yellow so you've got like the little yellow ash leaves down in the bottom of the pool. You've got the goldenrod kind of around in the forest, like that big pop of yellow. So, and speaking of communication, I just literally cannot describe to you how I feel when I'm watching water flow over like a yellow autumn leaf. Um, truly incredible. Also so meditative, like just love, love, love. Also, in a weird tie-in to Hermes, the messenger of the gods, I've been seeing a lot of rabbits this week. And mm. I've seen at least three individual rabbits. Um, there's a couple of instances where it could have been the same rabbit because it's a similar area, if that makes sense. But Yeah, but somehow, honestly, I think if you keep seeing the same rabbit, that's maybe even more magical. I, I agree. I agree. But there was this one that was just laying down, just laying down in the grass. And okay, at first I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, you know, I'm kind of close. Like usually the rabbit would have run away by now. Like I'm not gonna test my luck. I'm obviously not gonna try to pet it because I don't wanna like accidentally give something to my cats by petting a wild animal because that's yeah. something that you should think about. Hundo P. When you're tempted to pet an animal outside. But, um, I, but then I was like, is this rabbit okay? It's being very, very still. You're so like, then, oh no, <clears throat> is this a dead rabbit? But um, 
then I got closer and then um, I maybe it was taking a little open-eyed nap. I'm not really sure. Maybe it was just dissociating, but I was literally like less than two feet away from this rabbit. And then it decides to freak out and run away. And I'm like, well, at least you're doing okay. I was kind of worried. He was just real stoned. <laughs> right. Um, real stoned rabbit. Um, well, I have like kind of a twofer to this week. So first, and this isn't like really necessarily feeling the magic, but it's being a witch who works. I have to get art for my office because I always have to have art when I have an office space. Duh. I want pretty things to look at. But I also work in an elementary school. So I'm like, how do I get artwork that is like appropriate for an elementary school and also has like solid enough witchy vibes that I'm going to feel like calm and peaceful in the office right uh enter like goth cottage core who knew this was a genre <clears throat> but i have i've gotten three of the prints and they're framed and i've got eight more coming i'm doing like a gallery wall in different sizes but first up we have a bat uh love that face oh my god like you like the eyelashes are are sending me yeah, he's got like hella eyelashes, guys. He's like beat for the gods. <laughs> like, so I I love him, and I'm like I can ha I can have this up at an elementary school. It's fine. Yeah, that's it's um that's educational. Yeah. Then I have mushrooms, which are um, love. labeled based on how on whether they're edible, all the way up to will kill you. Um, but it's in French, so it's art champignon. It's champignon. <laughs> And then finally, Nick, this one goes out to you and our lady Artemis, an owl. Ooh, I love that. Oh my Isn't God. This I, good? Just, I just want to repeat that as wallpaper. I know. It's so pretty. And well, and you know what, Nick? I bought digital files for these. So maybe I'll print one of these for you and bring it with me when I come for Christmas. Ooh, okay. That's exciting. Ooh, I, you oh, know but what? hold just... on. My next one is a gift for you, too. So you just hold on. Nick, I want to give you a present. Oh, my God. Nick is seeing this for the first time on air. Um, so I was like, I made this, like, piece of art, right? And sometimes I've, I think anyone who, like, creates gets this. Where sometimes you make something and you're like, this just doesn't feel like me. And then you're like, oh, because this is for somebody else. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I was, like, kind of in the zone, though, the other day. And I was, like... I've, I made new bathroom art for you. It's got to be glazed. Oh my God, that's so pretty. But are, it's those also, real, are those real flowers? Yeah, they're dried flowers. Holy shit, Shannon, that's Gorgina. So I've got like an acrylic glaze I'm going to put on it. But for some reason, when I saw this, I was like, this goes in Nick's bathroom. Can we please pop a pen in the fact that there is um, aquamarine and teal in this painting? Yeah. Because that's going to be important literally later on in my segment. Okay, well, Mary And Christmas. also yellow, and also yellow. Um, the color palette, the synchronicities. But I was just looking at it and I was like, I just, it doesn't feel like me. And then for some, like, then my brain was like, oh, because this goes in Nick's bathroom. With with all of my other dried flowers, yes, yeah, absolutely. With your, with your with dried my, flowers. With my weirdly, how it came together that my bathroom is, is floral themed. Yeah. And just, I don't know, something about this, like the teal and it's got teals and I did teals and purples. And that love, also just really love. made me 
me think of you. And these are from my garden. So you also get to have a little like piece of Shannon's garden at home. That's so nice. Oh my God. Okay. I also um, was told today that my dad has special ordered us wooden flutes. So we're going to Okay, so are you on your way to a Dionysian cult? I think so. We're working on it. We're really working on it. But no, um, he said, okay, which one's higher, G or F? I'm really so stupid. Um, I I mean, G. Okay, so he's... Oh, wait, no, sorry, F. I got them switched in my brain. It would be F. Okay, F okay. So he said he's going to give me the F one and he's going to get the G one. Because they're in different keys. But nice. anywho, I'm very excited. Very excited. Um, they're handmade. Um, I also, I feel like flute is one of those instruments that, like, I could see myself being good at it. hundred percent. A hundred percent. But, yeah, so moral of this, this like, magical moment for me, though, with my art, Nick, is I just have to say you're about to have a very art-themed Christmas from me. Oh, so fun. I'll make some more prints because I've got a whole other set of these bad boys coming from Shutterfly. <laughs> who nice nice i paid like 30 dollars to get 12 nice quality prints made anyway well um yeah so that was my magic my magic was arty this week and it was nice that creative flow well let let's keep this ball rolling because truly 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 it is um about seven hours till my bedtime so you gotta speed (laughs) this up um, well, I'm excited about Thuya because I, I feel like it's been a while since I covered like a tree friend. Maybe it's just been a while in my heart, but it feels like it's been a minute. Like we've talked about some trees before, but I'm talking about Thuya, which is also called Northern White Cedar, Eastern White Cedar. I've also seen um, Arbor Vitae and the Tree of Life. Mm. So, you know, kind of a big deal. We'll talk about why that's... um maybe a bit of a mis misapplied name but we're going to talk primarily about thuya occidentalis today because thuya is a genus so it's like a slightly higher like basically when you think about the way the kingdoms and like genera and species are all ordered genus is like the one above so it's like thuya has a lot of different thuyas we're talking about Thuya occidentalis. Um, and the research that we have now actually suggests that Thuya originated in the Americas and migrated to East Asia via the Bering Land Bridge. Well, that's impossible because no one was going that way. <laughs> I just got so excited. I was like, look at this. We're getting into some like super ancient history. But it's, it's interesting because when you look at the way that Thuya is distributed, you're like, okay, Eastern Asia and the Americas? Like, and then you're like, oh, wait, those used to be connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. So, but the the Tree of Life name I mentioned earlier, it might be a bit misapplied. It's because um, Thuya was credited with saving uh, Jacques Cartier's crew from scurvy, but researchers are now like, yeah, that was probably a white pine that they were using to heal it. Um, so it's like basically some Europeans misunderstood the Native Americans who were helping them not die from scurvy. And then they like made up 
like calling this thing the tree of life, which I just think is very funny. Um, um, white people would never make a mistake like that, Shannon. I want you to take that back. <laughs> yes, um, because we know, and Wands and Franz says time and time again, that white people have never messed up. Um, <laughs> fucking Europeans. Uh, but there are a few cultivars, right, that are super popular in landscapes, which I like. They make good privacy trees, too, if that's your jam. Like, you know, when people plant those, like, fancy rich people plant all the trees so their uh, front yard isn't exposed, even though they live off of Highland in a, like, $5 million house. Anyway. Um, it they're, makes they're... my house look just like I'm in Tuscany. Exactly. That's the mood. But they're they're really cool, right? Because the they um the wood resists decay. They're pretty easy to split too, though. So they're used in things like chests and even shingles. And you'll sometimes see like thuya poles that you can use for fence posts and rails, and even guitar soundboards, which I thought was fun. And thuya species are the so food I'm seeing, source. I'm seeing a lot of crossover between. Um, like this and other cedar species as far as like yeah. uses. Yeah, it's very cedary, which we'll get into a little while later too. But I, I also have to plug y'all the Thuya species. They're the food source for the autumnal moth and the juniper pug, which is also like a really cute, super big moth and it's not a dog at all. Um, but Thuya is important to moths. And I just felt like as witchy people, we should respect that. Uh, I do have to point out, if you're one of these people that wants to grow them, that deer love them. Uh, and of course, because deer, if you live somewhere with a bunch of them, you're going to have to plant like large trees rather than trying to grow your thuyas from like seedlings because the deer, deer are basically big ass rodents for anyone that's ever lived around deer, will just like eat up the baby trees. So beware deers in urban settings do you remember all the times we would see deer just like walking across the street in far west in austin when we lived together i mean austin is full like low-key full of yeah. deer like even in the um the green belt by my house there is a sizable herd of deer and they it's get not... they get so close to the path that i've actually been kind of scared where i'm like i get that they're not aggressive animals it's not like a raging bull situation even if it is like an elk but it really is like that thing is so big if it decided to kick me it would do some serious damage I don't think it's trying to kick me I'm just scared of what if it wanted to does that make like does that make sense no it does it just I always love thinking about the deer in far west because there's something so strangely jarring about seeing a deer in a Wendy's parking lot oh my god um, <laughs> But we've we know essentially, right? These are super useful trees. They're they're very like cedary. They get used in things like shingles, chests. They have that like the wood can be like repellent for moths, even though they're also important for moths in the ecosystem. Um, but we we also know that cedar, quote unquote, is a very like common name that gets attributed to all sorts of trees, like even trees that aren't cedars or aren't even super related to cedars. But it is very cedar-like, so it makes sense. And it's, you know, it's one of those, like, conifers. But there's a good way to identify thuya as opposed to, like, other, like, uh, coniferous plants. Uh, and it's because it has 
scales instead of traditional needles. So when you look really close at a branch on a thuya tree, you can see that where it looks like a needle, it's actually a spray that has like shingles on it. And they, they almost look like little armor. It's super cute. And they do, they do produce cones, of course. So they're like small upright cones. They start out like yellow green and they turn brown as they mature. And the bark can be like a reddish or a grayish brown. And if you have thuya trees near you, you can look for like chunks of resin in the tree folds. And it makes like a super dope incense that smells a lot like kapal. So Growing trees is complicated, guys. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I'm on a couple of Reddit pages for people that are like arborists and tree enthusiasts, and I've learned how little I know about growing trees. But we're going to do a quick overview. So Thuya occidentalis is hardy in zones two to seven in the U.S. If you're outside of the U.S., I don't know how to translate that for you. It's an evergreen conifer. It can get up to 50 feet tall, like in the wild, but there are dwarf varieties that range from, I shit you not, under two feet tall, all the way up to like, you know, like eight to 13, those eight to 13s that you're going to use for your Tuscan privacy uh, fence. It likes full sunlight to partial shade and well-draining soil. They'll flourish in neutral to alkaline soils, but they do like to be kept moist. So these aren't the thing for you if you're in like, a drought prone area unless you want to be like bad for the environment and water all the time but I wouldn't so they're of course cold hardy because they're conifers um, but if you're planting them when they're small just remember like even though they're cold hardy you're going to want to pro like protect them from the wind because when trees are little they're brittle so the spacing really depends on the size of your cultivar, like how big it's going to get. But you need at least two feet of space between them. But when you're thinking about how far trees need to be apart, you kind of have to look at the spread of like the full grown tree, which we've talked about how much that uh, that varies. So let's talk about, though, how it's used in medicine. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. Nick's not a doctor. This podcast is not intended to treat or diagnose anything. Please don't use a podcast to diagnose yourself with any illnesses. Talk to your doctor before starting an herbal regimen. This is for entertainment purposes only, guys. So, Thuya. This is one that's like used topically a lot. I mean, on that note where it's got a lot of like crossover with cedar, it's good for things like impetigo, warts, ulcers, hemorrhoids, fungal infections. And you can use it in like infused oils or salves for topical uses. And some herbalists will use it in, and I quote all caps locks like directly from my screen, very small doses, very, very small doses for um, immunomodulatory and anti-cancer treatments. Now, I assume we don't have to tell you, but I'm going to say it again. I would never, 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 never recommend that you solely use herbal medicine if you're trying to combat cancer just going to put that out there. But the essential oil of it is actually like incredibly toxic. I'm talking convulsions, seizures, death, toxic with as little as 16 drops if you eat it. So most experts, you know, with that in mind also think that like the fresh crude plant shouldn't be consumed except in again, the smallest, smallest doses. Um, because otherwise you can end up with things like, you know, kidney and liver damage, gastroenteritis and a lot of gut issues and, oh, you know, heart damage and like heart, heart attacks. No fun. 
the uh, the liver toxic compound thuyone uh, extracts really well in alcohol, which actually means that if you are using it for medicine, alcohol extracts are more dangerous than water extracts. But again, still a lot less dangerous than the essential oil, which will like kill you dead if you eat it. Again, with that said, this is one that should only be consumed in like the tiniest doses for really short periods of time. Also, if you're pregnant or have kidney or immune disorders, like don't go there. But this is one that really like, you know, work with an experienced herbalist. I wouldn't even like as a newer herbalist. I would not work with something like this. I'm not comfortable with it. So if you are going to an herbalist and they're like, yeah, take some Thuyone, it's like, okay, maybe um, let's back it up a minute. Well, and I, I would just say, I feel like you kind of touched upon that with the whole um, like wormwood thing with the Thuyone, where it's just like, you know, don't, you don't want to, you don't want to fuck with, you don't want to fuck with that if there's better alternatives. There's yeah. Better, there's better alternatives that are not gonna like possibly fuck up your heart. Yeah, you know, go with those. Go with those. Try those first. Try those <laughs> first, and then move yeah. on to the the stuff that can kill you. So, uh, moving on, we're not gonna talk about consuming this shit because, like, I just I, I wouldn't unless it was like the last thing between me and death, I guess. And in that case, I mean, you know, fifty fifty. Why not? <laughs> So the magic, there are actually like, because these are native to the Americas, there are a lot of native legends and lore about cedar in general. And the reason I'm talking about like native lore around cedar is that a lot of times, like these legends that we have, they're not necessarily specifying which cedar tree they're talking about. And so many things are called cedars. So you can kind of look at where the different tribes are located if you wanted to try and maybe like suss out what type of trees they might be referring to. So there are a few though that I found on this like great blog website that could be attributed to Thuya based on like where the tribes lived in the United States. And I was really excited that like one of my favorites was a Cherokee story. And I don't, I think I've talked about it on the podcast, my grandfather who I like, who raised me was half Cherokee. So, you know, it always, special place in my heart but there's a Cherokee story where the great spirit takes a pinch of cedar from his pocket and he uses that pinch of cedar to turn it into like the animals that populate the earth which that creative energy of cedar is like so like apt it feels like um but in multiple native american cultures the cedar said to also house like deities or like powerful spirits so it has this very like intense protective energy and they're they're connected in general like to the sun and fire pretty consistently across cultures and that fire energy there I think really gets it like that interesting dichotomy I think you find a lot with like fire plants where there's both protective and creative and it's like they kind of go hand in hand and that's like fire right like fire has creative energy but also destructive energy so um, thuya, though, the word itself is derived from the ancient Greek word thuya, which means to sacrifice, which I think is just interesting because you talk about how it's tied to the sun and fire and the word it comes from is sacrifice. So it tracks that thuya and other cedars are often used for smoke cleansing bundles. So a little bit of like fun etymology there. <laughs> and then as far as cleansing goes, 
there's a lot of stuff that I've like read kind of across different sources that's like it's a deep cleansing with Thuya. It's not just like kind of dusting off the cobwebs. It's like, you know, getting it's like you're gonna get out the fucking like crazy water blaster hose. It gets down into like deep issues. So, you know, if you're if you have like really deep trauma that you're working with, or if you're doing shadow work and you're feeling like you're hitting a block, you know, something like a Thuya or a Cedar could maybe be a helpful ally there. But again, this like idea of Cedar as being both protective and creative, I think like the transformative properties of Cedar make them a really good choice for like creative tools too, right? So if you wanna make a wand, I think something like Cedar would could be a really cool choice there. Uh, things like totems, you know, and some people will make athmes that are not made out of metal because they're using them basically kind of like you would use a wand directionally. So you can also carve into them. Um, these are, again, my favorite weird uh, thing that you see a lot in magic. Cedar is said to help prevent lightning strikes. I, I don't know why there are some like plants and stuff that they're just like, these can help prevent lightning. And it's like, why? I, I want to know how you run the testing on that right i'm like who did the double blind here because i'm very concerned it's, it's just a thing that it like it comes up a shocking amount it does it does come up a lot yeah it's i i wouldn't have thought um but finally like duh you can add it to sleep sachets right because if you're doing like dream work it can help clear the way and protect you the needles have that like protective uh, energy there so you can put some of them under your doormat you know we have to get it in there um so my sources today were gardenershq.com wikipedia evergreen healers medicine and the uh, medicine from the winter forest an article by maria noel groves the druidsgarden.com and the sacredwillow.com.au love love that um you know and i just love that i get to pretend i live in tuscany so it's nice I know I know, I know that they're probably not the same tree but whenever you were talking about people using them in landscaping I did do the google which is why I said the Tuscany thing and I was like oh it's those trees I mean they they are like those trees like and, but the cool thing is like I and I, I love that you can just tell them because like now if you see these trees the like landscape border trees you can go up and look at the little needles and if it has scales and looks like tiny armadillo skin that's a thuya incredible i'm going i'm going to romano's macaroni grill immediately <laughs> to, to test this theory report back um i will say though as far as like cedars generally having this protective energy one of my favorite kind of bush crafting things is that deer do like to hang out under cedar trees because I don't know, little insulation, they make their little um, sleep things under cedar trees. And following those little paths that the deer make in the cedar trees is actually the quickest way to get through a cedar forest that doesn't have a footpath. I mean, I love that. And it, it makes sense because like cedar is so naturally repellent of a lot of bugs too. So it probably helps with things like fleas and stuff. Oh, I, you know, well. I didn't even think about that as like a bedding material. Yeah. 
that makes so much sense like it's real it's real smart also speaking of cedars being protective it doesn't feel accidental that white people are so allergic to cedar oh yeah when you said there's like a spirit that's gonna protect the people and it's like yeah by killing all the white people with allergies like i mean coincidence just look at austin we're we're all we're all struggling on our stolen land here Um, yeah it's almost like this entire country is built on a native burial ground Um, right 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 we're first um anyway so communication magic right so to start with um as always what are my credentials to talk about this subject uh as a virgo rising i do have a mercury ruled chart also my mom is a gemini um top that off with my gemini midheaven if you're good at astrological math you already knew that um and you know you'd be pretty hard pressed to find someone more mercurial to talk about communication i mean i love it and i do just have to plug that our midheavens are sisters because i have that sagittarius midheaven it makes sense that we do a podcast together it 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 does it does um i also do find this weirdly timely because i am exploring a new creative outlet that does sort of rely heavily on being an effective communicator not to give too much away details forthcoming um sometimes it's good to have secrets it's good because then you can kind of like incubate them Mm -hmm. yes so that one's just for me but it is timely to say the least i also think it's a good way to say up top um, that even though I do a podcast and just generally never shut the fuck up, I've actually done a lot of therapy. People go to therapy, okay, um, around the idea of communicating. So I guess it does just go to show that things aren't always what they seem. Um, Yeah, I feel like we're chatty Cathy's. Uh, but yeah, it's like you get into therapy and it's, it's the thing where it's like the class clowns and the people that are always on are like deeply sad and broken. And then they start a podcast and they spend money on therapy and they're like, okay, by the time they're in their (laughs) thirties. Yes. Hi. 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 hi, hi. (laughs) Um, and don't worry, we are going to get into all of that later on. Um, but I think it's also important to say that good communication is not just going to benefit you as a witch, but also just as a person who exists on this horrible planet of Earth. Uh, But it's definitely a skill. Full stop. And I'm like, Nick is, this is Nick's TED Talk. Right. And skills require practice. So a lot of the actual work that goes into being a better communicator is going to be uh, mundane, okay? And tedious. So um, good luck, everyone. But good results are absolutely going to make you a better witch though so let's get into the magic of it all okay so thoughts and words and ideas are typically described as being of the air element and truly find me one person with the dominant air placement who doesn't enjoy talking i will also say i lack a lot of air placements so i uh, my chart is ruled by Saturn because I am an Aquarius rising. Right. 
Um, <laughs> I but I think we're going to talk about the whole like throat chakra thing later on. But I would say that's also kind of a giveaway with communication problems. If you're looking at a birth chart, not a lot of air. Or in my case, I have I have like one air placement and it's my Saturn and Aquarius. There you go. Yeah, so. I mean, I've got Saturn and Aquarius and Aquarius is my ascendant. But we both like when you look at the breakdown of our charts, we're both very 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 fire earth yeah so not a lot of air getting in there uh communication problems but i did just kind of want to do some shout outs to the air signs um of course gemini's will never shut the fuck up like myself sort of unfiltered stream of consciousness style and i love that for them but also i hate that for literally everyone else because sometimes they're just like letting truth bombs just slip out without any kind of forethought about whether or not they're hurting people's feelings and that's sort of the danger of that way of living i mean i have this pet theory that the reason virgos and gemini's have a hard time is because it's just such different manifestations of mercurial energy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i I know myself and a lot of Virgos struggle with Gemini's and I think it's, it's, it's that <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, they're not very couth people. And, and no one's more couth than a Virgo. <laughs> so, uh, I would also say I've never met a Libra who doesn't love an idle chit chat or dare I say a bit of gossip. Mm. Dude, m one of my good, which, neighbor friends has libra and her big three all the hot goss from the neighborhood comes from her i incredible um <clears throat> and i would say shout out to aquarians probably some of the best listeners out there but they're not just listening to you they're hearing you they're understanding you like if i was going to pick anyone in the zodiac to be my therapist it would be an aquarians so and it's an underrated element of good communication is listening, okay? Part active of the reason- listening. <laughs> Active listening. Because part of the thing about having a throat chakra out of balance, like I have diagnosed myself with, um, is that you, uh, a lot of times we'll just start talking over people. And yeah, you have to, you gotta listen to people. You gotta know who you're talking to. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that like a crazy wow. thing? that you have to think about when you're trying to be a more effective communicator is that you actually have to like think about the person person or people that you're talking to. I I do want to jump in and add, I mean, since we're talking astrology, my I, I feel like the reason Aquarius people are good at listening is that Saturn rulership. That mm. like slow but like profound movement of Saturn I it's, think it's a delayed like... gratification too because if you oh, yeah. actually listen to someone that's how you get all of the juicy stuff it's true it's true I mean not that gossip is juicy that's actually a very toxic mindset I think and something I personally have to work on all the time um it's none of my business you know see the problem is I'm a fundraiser so the hot goss is my job true True, but you have an outlet for that. You have an outlet That's for that. True. I have an outlet for that. I have an um, outlet. It's called donor research. <laughs> okay, but this motif does go further than 
the air signs of the zodiac, the deities that deal in communication are a very airy bunch themselves. So right at the top, we got Hermes with his fantastic collection of winged accessories. So obviously winged sandals. That's like the classic Hermes uh, syncretized Mercury. You know, there's a lot of this going on in this segment. So sometimes I'm doing slashes. Roll with the punches, okay? But the winged sandals. Very Hermes slash Mercury. Um, also, this, the winged helmet. Sometimes a winged armband, okay? Sometimes just wings. Mercury is has like a wing motif i mean there's a reason that hermes is the like unofficial animated mascot for fucking red bull right and of course no spoilers but iris iris has her special relationship with the wind oh that's a good way to put it um hey, fuck. anyway uh, Peithos does have a dove as one of her symbols and as her sacred animal and i'm actually just going to stop there because if you have ever been in a wooded area and heard one dove one dove in one tree call to another dove in another tree and then that dove will call to a different dove in a different tree that's communication that is like that's that's faster than a telegraph honey like it'll go from one end of the field straight around to the other and you can hear it moving and it's actually it makes a lot of sense to me that you would pick a dove as a bird for communication because well, they yeah. do they're fancy pigeons they're fancy pigeons but they do talk to each other like yeah. they do you absolutely remember, do do you remember nana's uh nana's ruby dove? ruby ruby yeah. yeah i remember my ruby. nana had a dove named ruby and she was very chatty okay and Odin, who is like a very many-faceted god, but also kind of is the arbiter of communications in the Norse pantheon, um, does so mainly through the pair of ravens that spy for him and also act as messengers for him. Um, so I think, think we're covering them in a deity profile in a few weeks. Love that. Love yeah. that. So we're in very airy territory. Uh, so, you know, this kind of air motif really does get to the heart of communication uh, in a magical way. One second, one second. Nick Nick is having um, a conversation with one of his kitties, it looks like. Anyone who has cats knows what's up. <laughs> okay, I'm back. But no, so we have this very airy kind of vibe with communication. Um, and really, I could just stop here and say that Hermes slash Mercury is going to be a really good choice for a deity to help with communication for all of the obvious reasons, but also because Hermes is known to be willing to help mortals. That is uh, canonical mythology. Very cool. Um, Not but, common. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and, and it seems pretty safe to do so. But I think if someone is truly trying to work on communication, and especially in the sense of like wanting your communications to be clear and concise, like petitioning Hermes along with some of the classic like Wiccan style candle magic for clear communications is absolutely going to hold you in good stead. But I think a lot of times when people say 
that they want to communicate better. What they really mean is that they want to be more persuasive. Mm. Snaps. Which, yes, persuasion is an element of communication, but it isn't the whole Sunday roast. You know, it's a, a good side dish for sure, but you don't have to be persuasive to be an effective communicator. No. So that's um, just a, a distinction I wanted to make. But I didn't want to leave persuasion out, though, because I did discover a new deity in my travels across the web for research this week, Paethos, who I did mention again up top. Um, and while Paethos is actually typically associated with Aphrodite and the romantic aspects of per persuasion, aka seduction, um, Paethos was the dual goddess of rhetorical persuasion uh, in the Whoa. political sphere and also with Aphrodite in this romantic sense, right? There's also a sort of localized myth uh, connecting her to Artemis, which I do love. Um, any, any way we can tie Artemis in. So basically this village didn't purify their temple to Apollo and Artemis after a monster was slain in their town, which bad juju. Also, you do not want the huntress wizard after your ass. She has worked really hard to have purity as part of her public image. So you'd best be taking that into consideration. And her and her girlies will come for you. They will come for you. And... Anyway, everyone in the town is going to get killed, but some youths um, with a blessing from Paethos are able to make their case with the gods. So after they are saved, right, they make their case and the gods are like, okay, we'll let you live. Um, they start holding this kind of joint festival where they make damn sure to keep up their temple hygiene at their temple to Apollo and Artemis, but also go to the spot at the river where the youths begged for the gods to save the town um, to thank Paethos for giving her blessing to their, to give persuasion to their argument, um, which made the continued existence of the town possible. So in that particular town, it was a very big deal. Of course, they don't, uh, worship the old gods in Greece anymore. So, um, you know, it's the, what are you gonna do? It's Orthodox Easter Sunday or nothing now. So, yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, but there's also this saying from Greece at this time that Paethos is the only voice that can sway the decisions of death himself, which is actually gonna bring me to a TikTok. You know, I. I'm a millennial, but I'm on TikTok. Whatever. Hello, fellow youths. Um, from Piper, who is the incredibly informative and relatable folklorist um, about Grim Reaper lore. So I watched this very recently. It was kind of one that came out around Halloween, obviously. Um, but blah, blah, blah. Watch it if you want. Uh, the handle, I think, is CJ Piper or Piper CJ. I might be getting it backwards. Um, but basically all the Grim Reaper stories from around the world, and there are a bunch of different versions of the Grim Reaper, which I thought was kind of cool and also kind of scary, because if, like, multiple cultures that never had contact with each other all have the same thing, it almost seems like it might be kind of real, but, like, that's for a different episode of the podcast. Um, but basically, 
the only way that you can not die if you ever meet the Grim Reaper is by making a case that it's not your time yet. And you have to do this rationally and with like good points to be made about like realistic um, goals of things that you still need to do in your life. It's like, this is the time for the PowerPoint presentation. Right. Uh, And I mean, obviously, you know, this, you're going to put, put the effort into that. But if you can make a good case, death might grant you a stay of execution. So talk about persuasion. Uh, also, the Roman version of Paethos is sueda, persuasion, perhaps. You know, I'm seeing a, a connection here. I see it. I see but, it. But also, I think sort of the idea of pathos as like something that invokes pity and like the idea that pathos the goddess is sort of like the one that's going to help you persuade death to take pity on you is there's no way that they're the two words are not related but also i couldn't find a lot of information on how they are related and it's like which came first the goddess or the idea but i would say pity is pretty persuasive as an idea like, I wish you guys could have seen mine and Nick's like weird text chain talking about the etymology of these words. Um, but I would say that is some pretty effective communication under pressure. Oh yeah, talking your way out of dying. Uh, shout out to Paethos, okay? And that's why I think Paethos slash Sueda is my underdog deity for people who want to do like deity related work on their communication skills. I think it also comes as a surprise to absolutely no one that she is the consort of Hermes. So really keeping it in the communication family. Interestingly enough though, at least to me, that both of these major players in the world of communication do have this chthonic aspect. Of course, Hermes is the guy who is going to lead you to the underworld. He's the messenger of the gods. He knows all the roads, including the roads of the underworld. That makes it the perfect job for him, right? But also, he's got a communication because news used to travel by road. It was the telephone line. It was everything. The road was everything. Because Y'all, there's a chthonic aspect to to Iris, which we will talk about. I just have to say, like... That's the thing about communication deities. Right. So there's definitely a dark side to communication and persuasion. And one thing that people are always saying about Germany's big H guy was that he was a really good public speaker. So that's something to think about. Just, you know. um, And speaking of Germany's big H guy... I personally think it's really not my place to look to the East to fill the gaps of my own spirituality. And I've never felt that that's for me, except perhaps academically. And also shout out to the worst segue of all time. Um, I mean, I don't think it's the worst segue of all time. I've given some real stinkers in my time, (laughs) but I do on like the big H and like spirituality thing. I do just have to plug if you haven't watched Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. It's like an anthology show. And the very first episode is about like Nazi occultism and a, some trying to summon a demon. Very cool. Yeah, they were 
really deep in the shit. Um, but yeah. it also sucks because they just stole a lot of documentation from all over the world trying to like yeah. trying to like summon a real demon like and that's that the historical value of that um is is it's lost you know because uh, yeah because of what they did anyway. because, of, because of what they did and then what everyone else had to do to react to that um the whole city got destroyed and none of that stuff exists anymore lots and lots of priceless artwork and treasures and um academic resources so keeping it light keeping it light we're keeping it so light but okay the woo sphere is gonna woo sphere and this time i was like oh you know what though they might be onto something here and i'm of course talking about the throat chakra okay i'm not usually into chakra stuff like sorry that's just not my branch of witchcraft that's not the branch of spirituality um here's what i will say i'm of the opinion that's super white super crunchy spirituality influencers preaching the gospel of chakras and quoting the vedas is cringy at best hundo p so but it kept coming up it kept coming up when i was doing research for the segment and i was like you know what they're saying applies to me so it's my podcast we're gonna talk this might be the only time you ever hear me talk about chakras so here we go um i listened to and read so 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 much nonsensical and irritating stuff to get here truly a labor of love emphasis on labor okay i literally had to stop an episode of something about chakra healing because the lady stopped and started started talking about how i should have a personal relationship with jesus christ what the fuck what a bait and switch really a bait and switch um also, I had to stop a different episode of something I was listening to because, and I'm I'm not going to talk about this here. I'm just saying this other lady was talking about it. Please distinguish the difference um, about how throat chakra healing can be good for eating disorders. No, therapy is great for eating disorders. Okay. Yeah, guys, again, yes and. Yes and. Yes and. Yes and. So, um. But underlying all of this was this sort of dawning understanding that I personally do exhibit all of the symptoms of an overactive throat chakra. Who cares? Well, if you're here for witchy ways to improve your communication, you might. Yeah. Shut up. Stop interrupting me. Your throat chakra's overactive because you keep interrupting me, okay? <laughs> um, but because in the Wu community, the throat chakra is the communication center of the body. And it doesn't just control your speech and what you say, but also your hands, which is another very, very, very key element of communication, but also your facial expressions. So I, I wish that um, everyone could see that. And it's, it's worth being on the Patreon just to, to see the miming that Nick was just doing about facial expressions. Um, anyway. A lot of times in these situations, I'm trying to be respectful. I'm here to learn after all. But anytime someone is like having these certain thoughts causes tumors or treat your autism with crystal healing, I say two things. I say bullshit. I say no thank you. And that's really where I'm at with a lot of the people that talk about chakras. Um, 
it's it goes off into this yeah. weird place of oh no no uh, this is where you get that weird like woo QAnon crossover and we can't with that yeah it's like there's a line there's a there's a line and it's just about there um but a, a lot of the stuff about this particular chakra did ring true for me and a lot of the ways to heal the throat chakra and bring it into balance are literally things that my therapist actually told me to do to improve my communication as someone who regularly feels invisible and misunderstood wow um i'm being vulnerable you guys just kidding but um those are two big red flags for an overactive throat chakra uh, but here's a rundown of my other symptoms relating to the throat chakra uh, before we talk about what the treatments were. So um, hyper awareness of the area itself. It's no secret that my biggest phobia is actually choking to death, um, which is pretty intense at times. Uh, I'm also being so vulnerable as a gay man for admitting this publicly, but I do in fact have the world's weakest gag reflex. I can barely brush my teeth and that's just something I have to live with. That's um, one of your one of your crosses to bear in this lifetime. Truly, it is. Um neck pain, full stop. Oh, I I don't even think I don't even think my neck is like visibly straight today. Like I literally have a crooked neck. Um a chronic scratchy throat. Now was that because I live inside of a forest of mountain cedar could be the the cedar spirit getting his revenge on me a white man um you know fair enough but uh an oral fixation or excessive fidgeting the throat chakra again controls the hands so um i'm not even going to get into all of the ways that that's true for me but, um, and this is the one that punched me in the gut though, which is that if you have an imbalanced throat chakra, you will often find yourself at a loss for words and also feel like your throat is physically closing up during arguments and other emotionally charged moments, often leading to you never quite getting your actual point across. Um, yeah, that's literally me. And also talking too much and cultivating an air of vulnerability so that it seems like you have nothing to hide when in fact, most people don't know the real you at all. Throat chakra. Wow. So I'm like the poster boy for throat chakra issues, apparently. And how do we clear and balance the throat chakra? Well, you're gonna wanna surround yourself with teal and aqua and aquamarine and turquoise um and really like oceanic a really oceanic color palette um that's one way that people with an imbalanced throat chakra uh can seek to rebalance that energy in their lives and uh i literally i mean you know this blanket's not aqua but it's kind of it's it's blue it's blue um I mean, most of my teal shit is not in my room right now because I'm doing a bit more of a gold neutral thing at the moment. But there were times in my past where most of the things I owned down to the clothes on my back were some shade turquoise. of teal or turquoise or aqua 
or mint even mint in the mix um anyway that blue green life that blue green life um so one thing i will say that comes up both in therapy and in the uh the chakra sphere is that you have to work on telling the truth more even if it's like inconsequential like you you have to work on like telling the truth more because when you do have those like big feelings and you need to communicate something beyond the mundane um you 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 work on the skills in small ways yeah it's practice it's practice but it's also you know it's honesty is honestly just a really good policy you know like that's wow we should like put that on a t-shirt or something i know it's like it's crazy how do you Um, come up with these but you literally you put so much energy into telling lies and you put zero energy into telling the truth because you don't have to come up with anything right like you might have to put emotional energy into telling a truth that is uncomfortable but um you know you're not putting any effort into making it up because the truth is the truth you don't have to come up with the truth um coming up with lies because you can't talk about something even if it's a little lie is is bad for bad for your throat chakra it's bad for it so you don't want to do that you don't want to do that um and i would also say repeating gossip like repeating things that you don't know are true it's bad for your throat chakra okay like i used to be such an insatiable gossip i think it's one of those things where it's like you know if you work in the service industry it really is just like high school and sometimes the only thing that is even remotely entertaining about it is the gossip but it's like you can't live in that world it's it's toxic it's toxic for you it's bad for you to do that even if it's not about you it's bad bad for you um but yeah kind of back to the thing it's like telling a small lie because you don't have the bandwidth to speak a bigger truth. Um, Reframe the scenario. Say, I'm actually having trouble opening up about this right now, because that's the truth. You don't have to say the whole thing. You don't have to say what's weighing you down, but you can say, I'm, you know, don't tell a lie to deflect, say, I can't talk about it. Anyway, um, also write things down. And this is one, this is one from therapy. It's hard to talk about, okay? It's gonna be hard to write about. But finding a way, finding the words to say what you mean on paper is a step in the right direction to being able to communicate so much more effectively. And that's really with anything. Like, I'm kind of framing it as, like, stuff that's hard to talk about. But, like, really anything that you want to talk about, you could write it out beforehand. And you're going to have so much more of, like, a clear communication style because you literally picked the right words. You know, I mean, look, this is a mundane example but it is real it's like sometimes if I have to have like a donor meeting that's like important I'll write down what I'm gonna say first I'll like write down all the stuff I need to talk about and like how I want to say things so I don't get as nervous like even in work situations it's like as mundane as that it can be super helpful but they also say journaling is a really good way to get your throat chakra in balance. Journal, journal, journal. That is also highly recommended by my therapist. So, you know, um, and really 
if you struggle in this area of your life in communications, journaling can help you find those right words. Like if you're unsure of what to say, write it out a few different ways. You're going to know which one you like. And it's going to have more of your voice. And that's also an incredible thing about being a better communicator is like finding your voice by communicating authentically. Mm. And that is what the journaling is all about. It's like finding that authentic voice in yourself and then being able to use that in the real world. Um, but that's that's not magic. Like you could just do that. You can go to half price books and buy a journal and just write shit down in it. And that's anyone could do that. Anyone could do that. Um, and here's one thing I will say. It's a skill. You're going to need to practice it and then keep going. And I promise you we're not going to run out of thoughts if you write it all down. You're going to keep thinking, I swear. Um, so, but I'd probably I, be thinking more, honestly. I would, I would say I have literally, and you know, stuff that we've talked about off air that I'm not going to talk about on the podcast, but like I have said things to people that I have literally journaled about for years and then saying it out loud, it does feel very good. And it also does feel like a, this huge release of tension when you actually like speak truth to someone instead of just saying nothing you do feel empowered to communicate more mundane things to people. Like, I don't know, like, sometimes when you do make those big steps, it helps with, like, the smaller things. Like, you know, if you, you can... You did the big, bad, hard thing. You climbed Mount Everest. So, like, jaunting up that hill is nothing. It's gonna, and then, and then it's gonna look effortless. And people are gonna be like, wow, that person is so good at communicating. You're gonna be like, thanks, Nick, uh, Nick taught me. <laughs> Um, but I would say, you know, it was healing for me to say that particular thing out loud. It was healing for the relationship for me to say that out loud. And yeah, um, so journaling does have this impact outside of the written page. And if nothing else, it is a great outlet for all of that overactive throat energy. Also singing and this one, okay, maybe not the most scientific, but we did talk about this in therapy as well, because I do have trouble saying how I actually feel a lot of the time. But if I find a song lyric that says how I actually feel, I will belt the shit out of it and feel better. And I will sing that shit in front of you and you will know that I'm singing about you. Ask any of my exes. I'm not a good singer, okay? But singing is how I get a lot of my emotions out. But I also love that like, you are I I love when I wake up and I'll have like a bunch of songs from Nick Te like Nick will have texted me a bunch of songs I'm like oh Nick was feeling some things last <laughs> night and it's it's nice but it's it is like such an important piece of communication for you and I think it's like people got to find that for themselves yeah they do and it really does help it really does help also I mean I can see the connection between the throat chakra singing and also just like improving your communication like I think it's very good for neurodivergent people. Mm -hmm. I think music is very healing in that way for people who don't have the easiest time communicating in the traditional ways to have other avenues. And I would say music is definitely one of those that's like, it's so, you can communicate an entire inner world of emotion through music and song that you just really could not do with almost any other medium and maybe I'm biased but that's, that's I don't how I think feel. so 
I mean, I've, I am a big old choir nerd. I have been in a lot of choirs. I do a lot of singing. And like, I don't think I have ever, there is just something when I am in like a choir and we're performing music, it doesn't matter what the song is. Something about that act is just like, it. it is so healing. I have like cried in choir concerts before mm-hmm. because it is, it's like, it unlocks those emotions in ways that like, you know, can feel hard, but it's really healthy too, though. Yes. And hey, you know what I will say? I think it's probably pretty toxic to sing really nasty things from songs like at people that are in the room. Um, You know, but if that's how you can get your throat chakra opened up, babe, don't hold it in. Okay, but also all of those people deserved it. All of those people did deserve it. Thank you for the validation. I really did need that. Um, But here's what I will say. Kind of going back to the throat chakra thing, drinking lots of warm water and tea is supposed to be great for people healing their throat chakra. Surprising absolutely no one. I did work in the tea industry for almost a decade. So there you go. I've been I've been seeking this um this healing my entire life without even realizing it and doing a pretty good job. So um I would also say the act of drinking a good cup of tea is actually mm-hmm. when I do feel most centered in life and the calm focused buzz is great for writing. And there is an ancient belief around tea that that's actually the best time to discuss important things is over tea. Uh, A fact which I have found to be very true time and time again, um, not only working in the tea world, but since then, um, there's something, there's something there. There absolutely is something there. I've had some of my best and most motivational transformative talks with people over tea and coffee in the morning time, like at a, at a kitchen table, I think that's where 99% of the world's actual business occurs. Like everything else is just pretend. Like the talks that you have over your morning drink, over your morning hot beverage are like actually the most important talks that you ever have in your life. And that is my, that, See, that is, for, I have to belief. say, I'm a big fan of the hot morning beverage and journaling. That's yeah. like clutch, right? There is something that just opens you up with that. I love to do like when I do, am on a roll with my journaling, which I have not been, and I got to work on that. I, my favorite like morning routine is to like wake up, make myself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, and then do like a tarot draw and journal. And it's right. like, it's, it's the hot beverage. It's just like bringing you into your own body, but it's also, yeah, it's also opening up your throat chakra so you can yeah. communicate more effectively. Um, okay. But moving away from the chakra world, I also wanted to talk about one of the real hot zones of the modern metaphysical movement, which is manifestation. You cannot go anywhere in the woo sphere without running into manifestation this, manifestation that, manifestation boards. Um, Hello, the secret. Right. Truly. And I would say even in this really just most basic form of magic, like good communication can be a game changer. Just for a silly example, pizza. I am trying to manifest a pizza. Okay, well, congratulations. The universe has deigned to bless you with a room temperature anchovy pizza. That is what you, that is what you wanted. You just said pizza. This is pizza. You just said pizza. This is pizza. Apply that to anything you're trying to manifest. And I think you can see the point. 
but trying again. I want a chicken bacon pesto pizza with extra cheese, thin crust, square cut, piping hot. And hey, manifestation is tricky. The universe is hardly in the business of giving out free pizza. But I was able to effectively communicate exactly what I wanted. And like, wouldn't it be cool if the universe did give out pizza? Truly, truly. Um, but I do feel it's the same principle in magic. Like, how can we achieve desired ends if we can't communicate what those ends are effectively? And so I do think this is one of those skills that is just like, it's a soft human skill that applies to so many areas of life. But also, I think if you're trying to fuck around with witchcraft, like, you're going to need some communication skills because it's... uh you know it's weird out there and then also i would i would just say like trying to explain what you believe to people in a way that doesn't make you sound like a crazy person oh my god that's if you crack the code on that let me know um i you know and i i don't think i don't think i ever will but we can strive we can strive towards that I'm like, okay, do you want to listen to 104 episodes of a podcast? Because that'll really help you understand. Uh, this is episode 105. Right, but right, that right. Great. I feel like communication magic was one of those things where um, sometimes we're stoned when we outline these episodes and we're like, Nick will figure that one out or <laughs> Shannon will figure out how to make that work. But I feel like you did a great job with communication, uh, Matt. I think I think I made it work. I also uh, shout out to my job for making me drink like two glasses of wine at lunchtime today. Um, couldn't have done it without you. So proud of you. Well, before we go into this final segment, I'm going to communicate to you all that we would like your money. Join our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash wands and fronds pod. This podcast is a lot of work and we love doing it, but also it costs us money and you can see videos and we're cute. Uh, you get bonus episodes. We need to figure out what we're doing for our bonus episode in November when we're going to record that. Um, you also, at some point, we're going to bring back the coven meetings. Things have been really busy, but uh, that is on our to-do list. So come on, patreon.com slash one. I, I, I will also say there was uh, a lot of issue with getting everyone on the same timetable. And there was literally yeah. famously one coven meeting where it was just me and Shannon. So that's a two-way street, y'all. That is absolutely a that's two-way true. street. That is um, true. It is hard to do a live event and include everyone. So, but we we're up to try if you guys want to bring those back. Anyway, so join our Patreon. But if you can't join our Patreon, you're like Shannon, Nick, what the fuck? I have no money. Um, I'm sorry, bills, inflation, and I'm like, okay, well, first of all, fine. Second of all, rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. It's free, honey. It costs no money. It's free 99. So do that. Download the episode. Anyway, let's finish this bad boy out. So with all of this talk, <laughs> communication pun, but um, you know, we were going to cover a messenger deity, right? So like enter Iris. Now, I was so stoked to learn that she is not only one of the messengers of the gods, she is the goddess of the rainbow. Oh, that's so gay of her. 
And who loves to chat more than the queens? We're queer. We can say this. Um, but I, I'm I, actually uh, I'm a paragon of straight male behavior, and oh. I'm gonna need you to cut that out of the episode because I'm not gay. Listen to I've Nick nev- butching up butching I've, up that voice. I've never been gay, not even <laughs> once. I love the ladies. <laughs> Nick loves that sweet, sweet <laughs> vagina. Um, so we're talking about Iris. She has been described as Hera's handmaiden, which is a job that you could not pay me enough money to take. Can you like, imagine the level of Karenhood that Hera would be throwing out daily? I mean, you think Naomi Campbell throwing a cell phone at an assistant was bad? Hera just like turns people into fucking livestock. Like she's insane. But this is Iris. Her parents are Thaumas and Electra, and she's a consort of Zephyrus, the god of the West Wind. She fucks the wind, y'all. She fucks it. She she can paint with all the colors of the wind, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Ooh! sensual so i i think it's a little sad but it it's just the way of it that she doesn't really have her own stories and there's not a lot of like there's really not much surviving evidence of a cult or like temples to iris but she shows up in a lot of like really big mythology carrying messages so like god damn it she deserves her own segment and if we need to remind you again this is our show and we make the rules so she had a role in the Titanomachy, Titanomachy, I have heard this word pronounced 4,000 different ways, but you remember that time when the Olympians fought the Titans? That's the Titanomachy, Titanomachy. There's a, there's a movie about it. There's a movie it's, about it. Um, so in this throwdown, Iris is the messenger of the Olympian gods. Like she's the messenger in the big war against the Titans while her sister, uh, Arky, betrayed the Olympians and went over to work with the Titans. And we know which sister had the better outcome here, don't we? Iris, also famously in the Hades and Persephone story, she's the lucky duck who Zeus sent to tell Demeter to get her shit together when Demeter was like, you know, making the lands barren so there was no livestock and there were no sacrifices coming to the gods and they were getting real over it uh iris got to be the one to go down and be like hey so demeter listen honey this isn't working for us well Um, i mean after dealing with Hera, right oh my god the truly i i'm just imagining for some reason the devil wears prada i i feel like like, Iris could be at Hathaway. Like, like, Iris is absolutely Andy from The Devil Wears Prada. Hera is uh, a Miranda Priestly, and uh, I, it's a I'm, mood. Not, I'm not going to go further with this analogy. <laughs> I, I also, one of the, uh, another, like, you know, kind of tiny story that Iris was a part of. Uh, she was supposed to, supposedly the one who told uh, Manele- oh my God, Menelaus, who was in Crete at the time, about all the shit that was going down in Sparta. You know, the tiny thing where Helen, his wife, eloped with the Trojan prince Paris. 
the death of Helen's brother Castor. If this sounds familiar, these are Trojan War things. So Iris was there messaging around during the Trojan War. In the Iliad, she's frequently mentioned as a messenger. She's also in Virgil's Aeneid. Interestingly, she's not in the Odyssey. Hermes is in the Odyssey, but Iris isn't. Is it sexism? Mm. There is also a lesser known story where Iris was nearly raped by satyrs after she attempted to disrupt them while they were worshiping Dionysus because Hera sent her to interrupt them while they were worshiping Dionysus, which is such a fucking shitty move. Like, yeah, why would you do that? Uh, fucking Hera. Fucking Hera. Worst boss of all time. Yeah. So there's this book that I'm really interested in buying, but I, I didn't have time to do it before this, and I don't have the bandwidth to read it. But it's called Iris, Goddess of the Rainbow and Messenger of the Gods by Irisanya Moon. Uh, and it's it's like one of those pagan portal series books, which I don't know if if everyone knows what those are. There's like more than 70 books in this like pagan portals. And it's kind of this like collection of like witch, witchy, hedge witchcraft, like deity worship, all sorts of like witchy topics. So if you do want to work with her, I think like that book's definitely worth checking out. I mean, I want to check it out anyway, but plugging. I haven't read it, so I can't vouch, but the reviews were really good. But I think if you do want to work with Iris, uh, rainbows, duh, like the goddess of the rainbow. But seriously, it's like important. Of course, you can call on her related, like for things related to communication, right? You have a big presentation coming up, have to have a tough, like a tough talk with a loved one. Do you work in a job where you talk all the time? Are you a co-host of a podcast? Yeah, get to know Iris. Uh, I think messenger gods and goddesses are also great to work with, though, when you're doing, like, psychic work or when you're trying to do, like, work, perhaps working with, like, the dead and spirits because that catonic message, like, you know, they're they're traveling between the worlds. They're showing up in the underworld if you're Hermes. You're, like, getting involved in the Persephone-Hades issue if you're Iris. So if you're trying to communicate with, like, people beyond the veil work with a messenger god they know the roads they know they know how to get there um and so that's really like that's all i have today on iris like again she's she like shows up in a lot of stories but she doesn't really have her own but i do i kind of like want to get on board with uh iris Anya moon's like theory that we should all like bring iris back and worship her again so my sources today were theoi.com wikipedia mostly just like thinking about messenger gods <laughs> um i also was on theoi.com they're quickly becoming as we become a more greek focused podcast uh which how did that happen but here we are here well here we are and then i'm going to greece in like seven months so it's I mean, for the podcast, so you're going to write it off on your very uh, elaborate taxes, right? Yes, on my very elaborate taxes, I will be writing it off. Um, <laughs> and y you know who I'm going to call to help me do that? Capricorn. Because I Ooh. bet I bet they know someone who could get me the biggest possible return. Hit us up, but, Shannon. But, okay, you guys, it's Terrascope time. It's almost the bitter end, um, you know, like... 
never, I'll never forget this episode. I'll never forget you guys. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, as we go on, we remember. We remember all the, all times, the times we, we had together. <laughs> um, but Y'all, no. this is a late night recording. <laughs> but you guys, you've had a thought. Oh, I, it's the uh, it's the it's the Ace of Swords reversed. Here For Capricorn, go. if you didn't understand that segue. It's, uh, it's this card. Here we go. I um, do love your dragon deck. I do. I love that there's, hold on, uh, bubbles. Do you see the bubbles? Ooh, I mean, it's that air, that air message here too. Right, right, right. Which, speaking of which, um, so you've had a thought, right? Maybe even a big idea, but you're not sure if this particular idea is ready to see the light of day. Maybe this is a sign not to give up exactly, but perhaps to put this on the back burner until you can confident, confidently see the possible outcomes. So maybe share this concept with a trusted confidant to gain further insight and a different perspective, because sometimes that's all we need on stuff like this. But you're kind of like in this situation where you're like, it, would that work? Huh? I always feel like the Ace of Swords reminds me of the magic eight ball telling you not now, maybe later. Right, right, right. So it's like, not now, <laughs> but not maybe now, later. maybe later, maybe <laughs> later. Um, but, you know, uh, <laughs> reply uncertain, try again later. No, but really though, I always say in situations like that, it really is best to just like reach out to someone you trust to be like, what do you think? Would this work? Yeah, And good advice. And they'll either be like, no, here's why. Or they'll be like, you know, that could work. And maybe they'll maybe they'll have a, a better reason than you as to why it could work. Um, but also, what do we say to all of these chatty bitches in our DMs? To all of these chatty airhead bitches in our DMs, we say blessed be bitches. Blessed be bitches. Goodbye. Bye now. Um, so, you know, I was supposed to go get my hair done. My fucking hairstylist ghosted me. So she never did you showed go up. Somewhere? You just went somewhere else? I went and got my hair cut. And then for the color, I'm like, you can't really see it in the lighting, but I got this stuff um, by Kristen S. from Target that uh, it's called Lavender Smoke. And it's like a color depositing conditioner. So I did it just to make it a little like okay okay less brassy since i got fucking ghosted I mean, that, that works. by my hairstylist that's that's insane though and also so rude but also like she's a taurus oh okay well it's still rude it's still rude it's still rude but at least we understand where it comes from <laughs>